a mastermind is not an expense. It's a profit center. And when you start to see what this is going to cause you and not cost you, you're just going to figure out how to pay for the thing in full because you're going to act differently. And now you actually have a reason to make it a return on your investment. And in the process, you're going to gain, you know, if you figure out how to make a hundred grand back from customer acquisition, those customers are going to produce far more than a hundred grand over the next two, three years. You're now profitable. You have produced a return on your investment. You're now growing, right? You're now building, you're now reaching. All right. And uh, it's a process, but that's how you discover your potential through process. And sometimes process is painful. Are you a follower of Jesus that feels called to expand the kingdom of God through building and growing successful businesses? If that's you, then welcome to the Kingdom Capitalist Show that interviews amazing Christians using their business and money-making abilities to expand God's kingdom all over the globe. I'm your host, Ellis Hammond, and welcome to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Kingdom Capitalist Show. Man, am I excited for this podcast or what? Uh, we have an incredible, incredible guest in the building today. Uh, and I am going to give him a full introduction here in a minute. But Vince Del Monte is with us. And I am uh, really, really looking forward to hearing his story. I know it is going to inspire folks um, and kind of where he came from. I didn't even know this, but his dad was actually a pastor. And now he you know, is a seven, eight-figure business owner and helping other people uh, create and build seven and eight-figure businesses. So really excited to tell that story. But first, um, if you haven't heard of Vince, he, he's a hard guy to get on a show. Let me tell you that because he's busy. He's on a lot of different things. He has his own media. Um, and I think one of the reasons that this show is attractive to guys like Vince is because we have a great audience. We have great reviews. And so I just would love if you would take a second right now. You could pause this episode if you need to. Scroll down to the bottom of iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Hit subscribe and leave us a five-star review. That really goes a long ways and really making this show what it is and for us to be able to create the type of content that we can create for free for you. So please, that would mean a ton. Um, if you would go do that, take a screenshot of this episode if you enjoy it. I think Vince is about to bring the house today. So if you enjoy this, screenshot this episode, share it on LinkedIn, share it on Facebook, share it on IG, wherever you, um, you essentially have a following. So without further ado, let me welcome to our, to our, uh, our, our podcast today, the Kingdom of Capital Show, Vince Del Monte. What's up, brother? Thanks, Ellis, man. That's epic. I love that start, man. Yeah. So, um, I I really so I really can't wait to get into this. Real quick, I don't want to jump all in into your story yet, but tell our audience first kind of where you are in the world and just a little bit about kind of yourself right now, where you are, and then we're going to get into your story. Yeah. Well, the reason it's so hard to get a hold of me is because I got three kids. Yeah. <laughs> That's the truth. I'm actually not that busy. <laughs> <laughs> my kids, my kids are busy. That's, I love it. I love it. So, so I got three young kids and, um, I work on limited hours. I live in Toronto. We spend, uh, some time in Florida in the winters and, uh, we spend some time in Vancouver in the uh, spring. So yeah, I reside here in Toronto and, uh, right now I've gotten uh, one focus and it's, uh, to help our students inside the seven figure mastermind make more money. Uh, the members inside the seven figure mastermind are primarily online fitness coaches, experts, influencers. They're very passionate about fitness. They're uh, very knowledgeable, but what they don't know how to do is how to product size their information, 
They don't know how to create a service. They don't know how to scale a service. And our, our, uh, our jam is high ticket coaching. We teach people um, how to make money selling their knowledge for a premium. So where it's kind of funny because when I started, we used to sell eBooks back in the day and you could sell an eBook for $77 and you could sell a lot of them every single day. But that ship has sailed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, the the easiest way, not it is easy. It's 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 the straightest path. It's the easiest path. Um, maybe I should say the simplest path. I want to say it's completely easy, but it's the simplest path to starting online, and um, it's the path for anyone who hasn't made more than three hundred thousand dollars yet online. It's high ticket coaching. Mm. So packaging up your knowledge. And charging a premium to get your help with implementation. That's what people will pay more money for. Speed. Vince, how when you say you've helped clients, like how many at this point have you helped really start earning a six-figure income online? Well, in 2010, I launched my uh, first mastermind. I was actually doing that behind the scenes, though, because I got recruited. Two guys basically came up to me and said, hey, Vince, can you teach us how you built a seven-figure business? I'm like, why would I do that? <laughs> You're my competition. <laughs> but they bribed me. Uh, they said, well, what if we could recruit 10 guys and we could get 10 grand from each guy? We'll organize the events and all you need to do is show up and teach us. So I said, that sounds pretty good because <laughs> the events were in Quebec, Las Vegas, and um, the Keys. And I'm like, yeah, that's not too bad of a deal. So of that first group of 10 people I coached, um, I mean, if I, I'm not going to name drop, but you would recognize the majority of their names. Half of them went on to build seven figure businesses. Uh, one guy I just hung out with uh, this past month does uh, $6 million a month. That, that's not a type of people, uh, $6 million, $6 million a month with uh, Facebook ads, marketing a yoga product to women. Um, so that was back in 2010. I continued to grow my own online fitness business and uh, built quite a few seven-figure fitness businesses, built my wife's up as well. And after doing it for 10 years, I just felt, you know, you can only create so many. As much as I loved helping guys build muscle, which was my niche, as much as I just, you know, love creating YouTube videos and creating new workout programs, you can only do it for so long. Mm. I just felt like in my mid-30s, I was being called to do something else. And at the same time, I was also having a lot of people ask me, you know, do you offer business coaching? So I started doing these two day live events called zero to six figure formula. I marketed them to, I marketed them to my fitness customers. So, which was pretty cool. So here are people who originally came to me for fitness advice, how to build their biceps, how to build their bodies. And now they're coming to me to learn how to build their bank accounts. Mm. Why? Because they saw me do it. Yeah. So, you know, one of my, one of the things I kind of hang, hang my hat on is I, I did before I taught. Mm. I'm not one of those coaches, coaching coaches. You know what I'm saying? I actually did it. I got sought out and then it made logical sense to open up my doors and transition to this new chapter in my life where I'm like, you know what, I've been doing this for over a decade. You know, I started online fitness marketing in 2006. And having done it for 10 years, I was ready for something different, ready for a challenge. And I was just so grateful for the guys that leveled me up in the early days. You know, my initial mentors 
I'm like, and I, you know, their names are like my, my, my whole family knows their names, you know, they're just household names. And I'm like, I want to be known as the guy that produces producers mm. and I'm getting into close to my forties now. Right. So I'm like at the time and I got almost three, you know, I think I had one coming on to two kids at the time. I'm like, am I going to be, am I going to keep making videos on how to squat and you know, leg extension and bicep curl when I'm in my forties, nothing wrong with that, but you have to have context. I'd already done that for 10 yeah. plus years. Yeah. I knew I was looking for, I was, even if I'd admit it, a little burned out. Was I'm it like, legacy? Was it legacy Vince? Like, Hey, I, I wanted a new challenge. I wanted to build something different. Yeah. I was getting, com I was getting comfortable, you know, and I'm out. Were you making good money with oh, the, yeah, with the it was, already? It was, it was a multi seven figure business. Wow. So I, it was, so that was the problem, right? I was, I was comfortable. You know, we, we, we live in a beautiful home here in Toronto. We, you know, we live down in Florida in the winter, you know, we, we have nice stuff. I, I already contribute a substantial amount to our church, you know, um, you know, we, we are comfortable and that's the problem. That was the problem. Mm -hmm. It's funny because our pastor, pastor Stephen Furtick said something that hit me when we started going to elevation, when we moved here two years ago and he said, comfort is from the devil. Comfort is from the devil. Um, <clears throat> discomfort, you know, being unfamiliar, that's from God. Mm. And it was so interesting because there were so many Christians that were kind of telling me, like, why do you want to go to the next level? Why, why don't you, why aren't you happy? Isn't it, isn't that weird? And I believed, I started thinking to myself, yeah, they are right. I should just be grateful. I should just be happy. And then like, I'm trying to filter this out like yeah my am, am i just on this quest for more and and just getting to the next level to build my name and i i bought into that for a bit and i realized yeah i should just be happy i should just be grateful and i took my foot off the gas not really understanding that like this drive was having more impact and yes you definitely need to rein that in and and question like you know your motives and, and ensuring that you're not finding your identity and what you're doing but you know who you are I, I totally understand that piece of the conversation, but I thought it was really, I felt like he was speaking to me cause I'm like, you know what? I'm comfortable. Yeah. So I mean, what was that? Like, that's so good because that idea of like, and that's totally like, that's, that's why kingdom capitalism can be so polarizing, right? This idea of like, no, we should just be grateful for what we have, which I know we're here. And I know yeah. well, <laughs> I, I am grateful for so what, what was that? What was that tipping point to realize? Like I am grateful but man, well, I'm a creator. I'm a driver. I want, I want to do something else. What was that? It was also, uh, there was, there was a big part to it and I actually had to go through a bit of therapy to figure this out. Um, when I was stuck, I didn't realize why, you know, at first I kind of mentally said, yeah, let's just coast a bit. What's wrong with where we're at. But then I went through this phase where I started, I stopped taking risks like I used to. Mm. You know, I, I was a, it wasn't a part of a mastermind anymore. You know, I was, I was like, I don't need a mastermind anymore. I know enough. I know what I'm supposed to do. I just need to do it. You know, that was my thought process. I'm like, I could put this money elsewhere. So, so it was, you know, a scarcity mentality and what was happening, what was happening under the hood, if you will, was I was no longer playing to win. I was playing not to lose. And what actually was happening was that. I had put too much of my identity and my success and my worldly achievement. And what was really happening was that I was afraid to lose it. Mm, wow. So I was, I was actually no longer hanging on to my identity in Christ and who I was as son of God. 
and that I was bought at a price and that, you know, mm. he, he chose me, mm. you know, he, he already had a plan for me. I was, I was, I, I was chosen yet. I was kind of just, you know, doing my own little thing. So that was a challenge. I'm like, huh? And I had to work through that. So I, I think a lot of people kind of get some success and they want to, they don't, their decisions now are rooted in not losing that identity that gives them a sense of worldly recognition and status. And, you know, all of all us men love, we find our pride in our work and our, in our mm. progress and in our, you know, we find our identity and our achievement. I, I can relate to that like every guy out there, but I put too much stake in it and I was no longer making decisions to actually grow. And it was funny because uh, I see a lot of men say things around the realm of, well, you know, yeah, I gotta, I gotta, keep an eye on the family you know i can't put the family as, like you're not putting the fam. you're not worried about your family you're worried about your reputation <laughs> i told my wife she's like if you want to pull some money out of the house to take make some bigger decisions go for it we're fine like you're the one that's scared she's mm -hmm. like i don't need all this i'm like huh she just called me. i'm like she's like if you want to if, if you feel like you're called to make a bigger bigger decisions i just don't obviously you know invest recklessly but, you know, if you feel like there's moves you need to make, you know, if God forbid we lost everything, I go back to work uh, as a nurse and you can go work back at the gym at Phoenix Fitness. Coach, what's the worst thing that can happen? Why are we operating from fear? It, wow, that's it, man. Operating out of fear because what you said is so powerful. Guys, we ain't even got to the show yet. This is the pre-show, right? Like we, You don't even need the questions, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is the pre-show, man. Um. I got, I got to ask you this. That's so key. I want to go back to that. You, you know, this idea of playing to win versus playing to lose. And so I think there's this misconception that if we're playing to win, which is what you're doing, which is what I think a lot of the listeners of the show want to do. It can almost seem like, Oh no, your identity is wrapped up in your work. Cause you work a lot. You're ambitious. But what you're saying is actually to be comfortable to play. Cause you were, you were scared of losing that actually too can be a form of losing your identity and your work and your job because you're so worried about what's going to happen if you lose these things that you're actually no longer free to create, to take risk, right? Mm -hmm. You're no longer trusting God to, to be innovative and, and, and serve others at a, right. at a different level. Dude, that's massive, man. That is a, that's going to be a mind shift, I think, for a lot of people listening right now. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's, it's really important to, um, you know, I mean, in, in the whole process, you know, I think every man knows, you know, only him and God knows where your real heart is, you know. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you just have to, the prayer that I try and say is like, Lord, I want to, I, I want, I do want to build your kingdom. I come out, I'm afraid to say that prayer though. You know, it's kind of like a dangerous prayer because I'm like, well, do I really mean that? What if he actually then, that means losing it all. And it's interesting. I've never, it's the the more... I just, you know, allow God's hand to move in my life. I just say, Hey, make, is this door being open from you? Like I could shove a lot of doors open. There's a lot of doors I could probably just crash right through, but I want to make sure the doors that are being open are being opened by you and that we're building your kingdom in the process. Mm. And I know I need to act. I know I need to take initiative. I know I can't just sit on my butt and, and you know, I'm a massive action taker. You know, something I learned from a, a film that my brother uh, created called Transcend. My brother's a filmmaker. He creates documentaries. And um, Transcend tracked the story of um, African and uh, Kenyan and Ethiopian runners. And 
and one of the um, runners uh, that won the uh, is a world record holder. Uh, what's this? Salad? I forget their guys' names. Um, anyways, he won the ten thousand meters. He had a beautiful quote in the movie and in the in the film, and he said, um, "You know, the way we train is we pray as if it all depends on God, but we work as if it all depends on us." Mm. And I love that. And I really just, I love that. I praise if it all depends on God, but I act. If you look at how my day is structured, I act as if it all depends on me. And it just, it seems like that combination is, is really, if, if, if there's a winning combo <laughs> for, for if you're looking for a secret, if you will, that would be the secret. <laughs> right. That's powerful, man. That's yeah. so powerful. Well, um, so, okay, well, let's, uh, let's start the show now, Vince. What do you think, man? I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, love it. Love it. Fun. Wow. Uh, well, here's, here's actually what I want to do. We always, we always start this way and I, cause I do want to kind of, um, back up a little bit and get into your story and t- even talk about your business some more too. But I just want to pray for us as God to, um, even make the, I mean, this is going to be awesome. I can already tell. So let me just, um, give this back to God. Lord, we, we thank you, uh, that even just in the same vein of what we're talking about, that our identity is secure in Christ and not because of anything that we have done in the past or anything that we could do in the future, but because your son Christ has died for our sins and called us to yourself. And so we give you thanks. And we pray that this episode, that this story that Vince is going to share with us, his story that you've been using and orchestrating might really free us and everyone listening to this show um, to to live their life for you, God, and for your kingdom and um, to take risk and be ambitious, uh, but also be wise and really be able to hear from you. So we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Um, dude, so let's back up a little bit, man. So who, who was Vince before the seven figure mastermind? Um, and I, even you said off the show, I didn't, I actually didn't know this, but your dad was a pastor as well. So, yeah, 19 years. Um, you know, it's good to go back and, and hear the story, right? Mom and dad, right? So my mom and dad uh, grew up both Catholic homes, CNE Christians. We go during Christmas and Easter. Mm. Um, my uh, mom's father, so my nonno, my uh, mom's side, uh, you know, both both uh, from Italy. Uh, both came over with pretty much nothing. Uh, my nonno, he's still alive. He's 95 in Niagara Falls, Ontario. You know, he was a entrepreneur. I guess you would call him back then. He built a lot of buildings. He built the uh, Italian Canadian club. It's a landmark in Niagara Falls, Ontario. So, um, you know, I had that on one side and then I had my crazy dad side on the other side. So, uh, it was, you know, I had uncles, you know, they didn't know half of Toronto. They knew all of Toronto. (laughs) And, uh, you know, so I, I really kind of fell in love with this, um, you know, Italian life, um, my father was a runner, very good runner. He went on scholarship to the States um, and uh, got my, me and my brothers into running. I'm jumping ahead, but uh, him and my mom at the, at the, met at the University of Western Ontario, actually in their Italian, actually in my mom's Italian class, in the same Italian class, my dad used to flick her hair. And uh, <laughs> it's funny, they, um, they had um, a couple, I think individually, knock on their door and uh, essentially, you know, lead them to Christ mm. in their dorms. And, and my dad used to wear a big crucifix like this, the one I'm wearing. Uh, everybody in my family, we're, we, we wear big, heavy crucifixes. You know, it's kind of a, 
an Italian thing, but um, <laughs> a guy asked him, you know what that cross means? And uh, my dad didn't, you know, really, didn't really know. It was like, and he explained this really interesting thing where if you, when you take away the middle of the cross, you're a negative. But then when you add the middle, you're a positive. And he shared the bridge diagram. I'm not sure if your listeners know. Yeah, the bridge. I do. Well, I'm, I'm very familiar. But yeah, maybe our listeners might not. Yeah. So you walked my father through the bridge on a napkin and my father became a Christian in his early twenties. And, and so did my mom. And, um, you know, they were teachers originally, um, but they went on fire for Christ and joined an organization called the navigators. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, really neat because they don't come from Christian backgrounds. You know, this is, they, they really made their faith their own. Um, you know, what does it have to do with what we're all listening to today? Um, my parents gave me a really real and authentic, you know, version of Christianity. It was, um, wasn't perfect, but it was pretty dang good. You know, my father um, spent a lot of time, my, my both my parents, you know, you know, reading the Bible to us and you know, obviously bringing us to church. But I think what was most impactful for me was they had normal friends, like mm-hmm. other strong Christian like friends. Like my dad's friends were cool, like <laughs> strong, strong as a rock, you know, but they were like normal. And I'm like, Christianity is pretty like cool. I had, I had a good version of yeah. Christianity growing up. I didn't have a weird one. Um, I saw the faith work inside the house. And that was something my dad was very, very adamant about. He said, Vince, don't export your faith if it doesn't work inside your home. Mm. And, and he was very big on that. And, you know, my parents were both very highly engaged in our lives. You know, and that was a lot by how they let their, uh, let the Bible guide them. And, um, you know, they really demonstrated what commitment looked like. My parents have been, you know, married for 43 years, um, you know, and, you know, I've got, seen them go through quite a few storms too, especially on my dad's side. We lost an uncle when I was in my early twenties to drug use and his, his, his mom six months later, and then his father, not too long after that. So we've, we've seen, we, we, we've seen his faith, whether, I don't know if that's the right word, but yeah, maybe I've seen their faith actually impact their life it's not just something we did on sunday it wasn't just something we memorized so you know growing up with that you know if anybody who's maybe grown up in a christian home it takes some time for your faith to become your own and i always you know my dad got me involved in athletes in action a christian organization and i was the guy in in university i was you know preaching to my friends who were having sex before marriage how that was wrong i was a bit of a you know i was a you know a crusader, if you will. I was pretty bold. I don't know where it came from, but I was very confident. Yeah. You know, I took a, a lot of courses in apologetics. So like I could explain to you why the Bible was a reliable historical document. And if somebody laughed at, Oh, you believe in God? Uh, oh, you think God healed that person in the hospital? That's medical science. I could debate with that person. <laughs> so so I had a lot of street cred amongst my friends and I wasn't, and I lived with all non-Christians, you know, my buddies weren't, you know, I lived with, and that was probably something that I probably could have been more discerning, but I like those guys. I kind of always like, I kind of liked, I never found like cool Christian friends. Um, I, I kind of connected more with the guys that went to the clubs, you know, the guys, you know, that uh, had just more stylish. They're just more with theirs. So I kind of, I think what happened early on was I I found my way into these non-Christian circles. Um, and while I can't admit the same, I always brought them up. They probably brought me down more than I brought them up. But at the same time, I know that I was planting a lot of seeds. Mm. And um, it's interesting because just, you know, 
you know, even last week I was at a, one of the guys, you know, 40th, this is like literally 18 years later and they're all college buddies that I used to, you know, party with. And, you know, you just were all out and you could kind of just see the difference in the marriages and, you know, you know, some of them are, you know, it's going a little crazy on the bottle. And, and then, you know, you know, we've just been that consistent maybe voice in many of our friends' lives over the years. And I think, um, you know, what I feel God's done in my life or, or, you know, has been guiding is just placing me in a lot of environments. Um, not a lot of non-Christian environments where at first I kind of question, like, am I supposed to be in these environments? Not really knowing the impact I was having and the seeds I was planting along the way. Um, and it became a big part of my story because, you know, when I, when I graduated from university, I graduated with a degree in kinesiology and I was going to school to become a phys ed teacher. I ended up missing my cutoff by percent and I ended up, uh, becoming a personal trainer. So, you know, with Italian parents, you can imagine their response. So you spent $50,000 on university and now you're working at the YMCA for $10 an hour. Um, how long is this going to last for? Mm. Right. So, and at the same time, I'm watching my, my, my parents have impact on people's lives on a very personal, uh, personal level. Cause you know, they're, 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 they were very big in to one-on-one discipleship. And I saw the, you know, these Bible studies my parents had and people always at the house and my dad out for lunch and breakfast with the same four guys every Thursday morning. I'm like, now I'm in the gym teaching guys how to use the back extension you could imagine I start questioning my path pretty quickly. What in the world is, what's, is this what I'm going to be doing the next 10, 20 years? Am I going to be helping guys lose body fat and build muscle? Like, is this a worthy calling? Mm. So it's interesting because um, that was something that always ran in the back of my head because growing up, going to church on Sundays and seeing my dad at the front of the church, you know, witnessing and inspiring and driving people up the, the, you know, um, the way I kind of call my dad as a driver, you know, like there's three different clubs in the, uh, in, in the, um, thing you got your, um, in the golf bag, drivers, yeah. your golf bag, you got your driver. You can tell I don't play golfer. Uh, you <laughs> got your drivers, you got your irons, then you got your putters. Um, you know, my dad on Sundays would drive people up. He'd drive, he'd drive the ball really far up, but you still need to get into your small group, which would be your iron. But then you need your one-on-one discipleship, which is your putter. Hey, that's like, I like that, man. I never heard that before. Go ahead. You can give my dad credit for that one. So, <laughs> um, but I, I love that analogy, but I saw my dad not just do a lot of driving, but he did a lot of putting mm. because he did a lot of one-to-one. So there was always this thing inside me, like, I wonder what my life will I had this ask, I had this model of like ultimate impact from an early age and it was inspiring from the pulpit, but it was also putting, you know, side by side, you know, getting right beside a guy and having conversations like this and just say, you know, not maybe more, much more deeper, obviously just like, Hey man, what's really going on? You know, you, you know, how things going really, you know? So he had those conversations. So I'm like always trying to figure out, how to replicate that, if you will. But I was in this world of fitness, which is very vain, you know, selfies and bicep curls and protein shakes and eating six times a day and two hour workouts and all this money on food and clothes. And it's right. like, I remember when I was in this industry, it was so weird for my dad because I was a distance runner and distance running is one of the most pure sports in the world. And now all of a sudden his son is standing in front of the mirror posing. I remember him saying one day, he goes, 
are you in love with yourself? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I was staring at myself a little too long. And he's like, dude, you've been looking at yourself in the mirror for like, a, like for five, like, what are you looking at? <laughs> and I'm like, holy geez, what, what the heck's going on here? I am looking at myself in the mirror too much. And so are you in love with yourself? So I'm trying to figure out like, huh, am I in the wrong field? Um, slowly but surely I started seeing that like a lot of, a lot of opportunities for conversations were showing up in my field of work in the gym. Uh, eventually I launched my business online and I started, you know, creating eBooks and started kind of inserting some, you know, illustrations from the Bible and stuff into my, into my work and people, you know, dropping a, you know, a Proverbs here and a Proverbs there kind of thing. And you start to get questions, you know, in the email support desk, Hey, are you a Christian or uh, really like some of this? You really like how you position your stuff or, you know, your stuff seems different. You know, do you go to church? You know, so I started seeing that like, huh, people are noticing. Mm. And um, just to kind of speed up the story here, um, you know, I started to discover that I had something that my dad didn't have. <laughs> and I started to discover that, uh, something that a lot of, you know, other maybe Christians that I looked up to didn't have. And there was one thing had access to more non-believers mm -hmm. and i just saw huh this is this is where i've been placed i've been planted here on purpose and i just started to gain much more confidence i started you know realizing that you know maybe the fitness industry is where i'm supposed to be despite how vain it is you know how you know all this you know you know it's it's very physical and and there's nothing wrong with taking care of your body i'm not saying that at all but you can you can get wrapped up in it especially when you start competing fitness model shows um you know, you're, you're, you know, anybody who's ever been around somebody who's ever competed knows it's all consuming and you can really distance yourself from pretty much everyone's relation all your, um, you know, relationships. And, um, yeah, you see a lot of relationships go sour. I mean, in, in a lot of different endeavors in life, but definitely doesn't help when your day revolves around what your abs look like. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so navigating all that, Long story short, um, just started attracting a lot of people into my world on the online space based on who I was and not what I was doing. Mm. I think that was that was really big because I'm like people are joining my coaching programs because of who I'm representing and how I conduct myself, and for just being real, being raw, being positive, and not you know swearing and you know, incorporating my faith into conversations and, and not being apologetic about it. And, and that just started to attract people. And now all of a sudden I'm like, and it wasn't a tactic. It wasn't like, Hey, I got this plan. It was just being who I was. And that's continued to be essentially my story uh, to where, you know, I have uh, you know, this coaching program where a lot of our members, males and females are Christians. And we even have a, there's a little uh, private, you know, men's group within the, within the group that started from one of the men in the group. And, uh, you know, the conversations I joined Vince's program because, and this isn't tooting my horn at all. This is to encourage every single man out there that ultimately, you know, people don't, you know, if you're, you know, if you're the entrepreneur space, you know, people don't buy coaching, they buy coaches. Mm. They buy who you are and what you represent, and and, the and Vince, that's, that's industry wide now. That's not like a, a fitness or thing. Like that's 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's so that, that applies to everything now. Absolutely. In the same way, even in the real estate investing side of things, like it really is the people, the team. I think we're at a place now where, you know, a lot of people are starting to see like making money is not hard. It's like, how do you make the money? That's the question. Mm-hmm. It's like making a hundred grand a year, making a million dollars a year. Like, you know, there's strategies, tactics, time. Like it's, it's not like rocket science, right? What's hard is how you get there. How many relationships do you burn in the process? You know, how many, uh, you know, uh, lines do you cross right. and, and, and not saying that's how everyone gets it. I'm just, what I'm saying though, is like, there are people who will work 16 hours a day, six days a week and just disappear. And everyone's like, well, you built an eight figure business, but like kind of just kicked us all to the curb in the process. Right. So I'm not judging. I'm just saying like, you have to decide, you have to decide what's most important to you. If you truly say you have this faith, are you willing to trust the way he's called us to live mm. and not sacrifice certain values in the process? Mm. So I think that's where that, that's the challenge for me. Like, you know, like I preach that I'm a family man. I preach that, you know, faith comes first and there's that constant friction of like, no, and if I just hit the gas harder, if I work, you know, you know, we, we, we could go faster and we could go further if, but I have to constantly. But when you were starting, like when you were starting, let's, you know, you were going to start building this online thing and start coaching others. Like after those guys had, you know, got you to do the event, you know, like, hey, I'm going to build this a business. Was that in place? Was, was that mindset and that faith in place? Or did it, was it a journey to get there? Or did you start like that from the beginning? Journey to get there. I think one of my uh, pastor's favorite quotes is life never makes sense until you watch it in reverse. Mm. And, and, um, yeah, a lot of, and I think that's why, you know, my faith is so much stronger now because I see all these things that were happening for me um, all, all along the way. So, yeah, there wasn't like a master plan. You know, I, I think I was, I think what I was doing was like trying to pay attention to prompts in my gut. And I was just trying to, you know, really overthink things at the same time and just kind of trust the process. Um, but yeah, it was definitely, you know, I think a focal point of my life has always been a quote my mom gave me, which was, you know, honor God and he will honor you. So I've always tried to honor God in the process of, of what I do. Um, and realize that if I get off course, I can get back on course as well. And just to kind of give myself permission, you know, I screwed up, you know, we got, you know, doesn't mean I got abandoned the whole thing. We got to get back on track. We got to keep moving forward. You know, the devil's going to keep distracting you and making it, trying to discourage you. That's, those are his two weapons, right? Mass destruction. And he's just going to keep using those same two weapons until you quit. So I knew I just, you just can't quit, right? Um, so yeah, there was, I think there was just kind of a bit of, a, a bit of both. Um, there was no master plan, but at the same time, I was trying to, you know, be aware and stay obedient to, you know, opportunities that were being presented. Is it true that you, I think I read this online, that you, you're done every day by four o'clock or five o'clock? Well, you could, you could ask my wife for the real answer. Let's, <laughs> let's just put it that way. I, I aim to be done at 4.30 every day and I'm getting better and better. Okay. And what I time do you have, start? I'm probably better. I'm better now than I've ever been. Um, and you could ask her that uh, for a fact because um, we have a new schedule and it's really great. Um, our third baby is almost through the night now. She's, last night she was up for two hours in the middle of the night. 
who knows why. But um, <laughs> we have a great schedule now. We try to get to bed at 9, 9 p.m. Um, I wake up at 3.55. I work from 4 till 7 a.m. in the morning, deep work, money-making activities. And, um, and then my wife goes to work out from 7 a.m. to 8.30 in the morning. That's when the kids start getting up. I get them ready for school. I make their breakfast, which is what she used to do, which was an exhausting part of her day. So she gets her workout in, in the morning. She comes back by 8.45, takes them to school. I start my day. I go from 9 to 4.30, Monday to Friday. Um, because when, do you, work, when do you work the gym? When do you hit the weights? 11, uh, 11 to 12 or 10.30 to 12. Okay. Early, you know, it's usually midday. Gotcha. I, I used to go in the morning, but I used to waste too much time in the morning because I get on my phone. I start doing messages. So now I put it in the middle of the day. And it's so much better because like I'll, have a call, I'll set a call at 1 o'clock and I'll set the gym at 10.30. So I have to be finishing. There's just this mental thing like what, what happened was I used to do the gym on what would have been considered like my own hours. Now, like the daytime always is like framed in my mind, like is my work hours. So like I, I just get everything done faster yeah. and because I start so early, I need to stop my day now at four, reverse the alarm. Then I script out the next day from, you know, about four to four thirty, four fifteen to four thirty, And, um, you know, when you start that early, you need to shut down around four, four thirty. And that has prevented me from wanting to go back on my phone or back on the right. computer in the evening time because when my day's over, my kid's day's starting. Now they want to wrestle. They want to go to the park. They want to go out in the backyard. <laughs> and the house is a disaster. Even though we have a nanny for three hours during the day, somehow the house is always a disaster with three kids. It's, it's, it's never clean. I'm like, didn't we just, didn't you, didn't Rebecca just clean a few hours ago? What the heck? The house is a disaster again. Yeah. The house is always a disaster. All right, so by the time we eat, spend some time together in the evening and put the kids to bed, it's 8, 8, 15. We might watch an episode of Sons of Anarchy and then go to bed. <laughs> so that's pretty much the day. I mean, but I love it though. I didn't realize you're getting, I mean, and I, that's, that's something for people to know. Like this dude's up at 4 a.m. and for three hours where everybody gets up, you're putting your, you know, you're doing that, that essential money-making activities, which I want to get into what, I, I, that's gonna, I'm going to come yeah. back to that, what that is. Minute, it's two 90-minute blocks, I'll tell you. Um, two 90-minute blocks. The first 90-minute block is building my seven-figure mastermind product, making the product better. Mm. It just we, you know, we have such a robust training uh, program that trying to make better modules, better trainings for the members so that they, they, they can make more money, right? The second thing is uh, related to marketing, so writing ads, anything that's going to – uh, get attention on our business. So basically two things. The first thing in the day is how to get my clients results. The second thing in the day is how to get me results. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. You, you figured out those are the two things that drive revenue. Those, all right. Those, so those are the two things that drive the business. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, I can't, we, we still got some time here, but I want to, I want to start asking you a little bit about I me mean, because I got you on here. You have really built something impressive online and, and you're really building a business. Um, and then what's cool is that you know it works. You know what you're doing because you're helping ton of other people build a business and um, and not just a business, but a six and seven figure business, right? Like something they can take care of their family with and, and create financial independence. And so um, there's so many ways to take this, but I kind of want to start a little bit broader. And I want to ask you this question. If one of our listeners is sitting, you know, they have a nine to five job and they 
they have a dream of kind of turning their side hustle right into a, a full-time gig. Um, this idea of becoming an entrepreneur, becoming full-time and like, cause I know that's gotta be a, a, a barrier, a mental block for a lot of your students, right? It's not just helping them think about, okay, here's how you, you know, teach people to, you know, do a bench press, but how do you become an entrepreneur? What does that really look like? And so maybe just some advice early on for that person who's saying, I want to, I actually want to turn this side hustle into a full-time thing. What are some of the, the original building blocks uh, that you really coach or teach your students? Oh, dude, man. <laughs> what a great question. Uh, so much stuff. I mean, it, it does start with your why. You got to know why you're doing this. Like, what are you trying to escape from? Mm. You got to know what you're leaving behind. I think people are more driven from leaving their hell than to going to heaven. Mm. Um, so, you know, or just simple concept, pet pleasure versus pain. So when I start saying stuff on sales calls, like, Oh dude, can you just imagine having your own home and waking up and seeing the ocean and that, like people aren't, that's like so far down the road. People can't like wrap their mind around that. But when you connect with somebody and say, Hey, can you imagine making an extra two, three grand a month just by having your own, you know, 90 day, $1,500 coaching program where you help people with their workouts. They're like, and you could cut your work schedule down from five days a week to two days a week. People are like, okay, keep going. I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. So really trying to get clear on why you can't stay where you're at. And getting real clear and not fear-mongering. Actually, to be honest, fear-mongering isn't a bad thing, to be honest, because some people, if they stay where they're at, things don't get better, they get worse. Right. Right? So, you know, kind of scaring somebody into, like, scaring yourself into here's what's going to happen. I mean, I just got off a call with a client of mine from Croatia, and he's a business coach for gym owners, and they're all scared. You know what? because of the coronavirus right now and gyms are shut down everywhere. I'm like, Hey, how you, how, how's it going? He's like, it's actually really good for business right now. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, all my gym owners are now seeing the urgency to actually start their online business because mm -hmm. nobody's coming to their gyms right now. Mm. And I'm like, he's like, yeah, obviously we don't pray for that, but that's the reality. That's a reality. Like you have to ask yourself, like, is it more risky doing what you're doing or starting something new? That's something you just have to kind of think your way through, you know, staying at the gym for, to a degree was risky because I mean, my boss ended up selling the gym and then ended up going under where would I have been? I would have bounced to another gym and then another gym. And like, you know, I got no stability. And then he tells me what time I have to work. You got to be at the gym at seven o'clock, Vince. We got a new client for you. Vince, you got to be done. You can't, you know, we don't need you in the afternoon. You go do your workouts in the afternoon. You can't work out in the morning. You, that's where the gym's dead in the afternoon. And then you got to come back here at, at uh, four o'clock and you got to stay till nine o'clock is when the gym's busy. And by the way, you, you got to work on the weekends and we're going to have, we're going to need you on uh, the 24th. Then you can wrap up. Uh, we'll try and get you out of here before Christmas Eve and um, <laughs> New Year's Day. You're going to have to work New Year's Day this year. Sorry. You're not, it's like, that's, that's risky, you know, risking all these precious moments that you're not going to spend with your family for years. Like, so you have to kind of, I think, reframe risk. Mm. So many people just like, think you need to do an honest assessment of risk. And I think people just got to ask themselves, you know, why do I really want to do this? 
And to be honest, just stop overthinking it yeah. and get started. Like if you're, if you call yourself a Christian, if God put an idea in your mind and a prompt in your heart, you think he, he, he's not going to give you with, give you the skills and, and give you the opportunities to, right. to actually get there. So I'm just going to pull something up. I put on my Instagram. Um, and, wh- and while you're doing that, you know, the, the crazy thing is, man, I don't like, what's the worst that can happen. And the reality is it's probably that you just go back to your job, <laughs> you know, yeah. like that, that was always my thing is like, man, I'm, I'm scared to do this. Like how am I going to make money? And I always like, well, somebody will hire me. Like, you exactly. know, like, you know, my, I mean, I, I was a pastor for six years. Like there's always a need for a good pastor, you know, like I'll just go back to work. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah. You want to run that movie out. You got to run that movie out. You know, um, I'm a part of a mastermind and, and, uh, should, not the, the best example maybe, but I know he's trying to make, it's actually crazy. I'm in a mastermind with uh, Jordan Belfort, uh, you know, Wolf of Wall Street, yeah. and then Pastor Carl Lentz of New York City, Hillsong. And um, it was crazy to watch them like just have a real conversation together. And um, anyways, don't know where I went with that, but uh, this little quote, this is off my Instagram page. Um, oh yeah, yeah, sorry. Belfort was giving this great, great analogy that was, run the movies out in your head, run, run it out. Like just, okay, this, what's the worst case scenario. All right. So you give Vinny $20,000 to join his, his, his fitness business coaching program. You're telling me that if you lost it, you're not going to recover. Like, is your life going to be over if you lose $20,000? Like, seriously, I I'm going to bet 100% of people listening would say, yeah, I can bounce back. Mm-hmm. Or no, that I would be done. <laughs> that would be it. I would never recover. Like you can recover. Right. So it's like, what's the worst thing that can happen? You get scammed $50,000, which happened to me, by the way, hired these guys, these gurus, and um, they ended up being legitimate con artists. Mm. We recovered. Definitely uh, created a lot of tension inside our marriage for a little while because I convinced my wife to take the money from her account to use it because we're using the money to build her business. And she didn't trust me for a little while. So we've gone through that stuff too. But I'll just, I'll just mention this quote. This is a good one. God does not give you a dream that matches your budget. He will not check your bank account. However, he will check your faith. Mm. You know, so have the faith to believe you will achieve your goals and keep persevering no matter how deep the valley. And, you know, I ask people, do you agree? And it was an overwhelming response with, right? You know, so I think you just got to, obviously you got to have an idea. Obviously, you've got to have a skill. You've got to have credibility and passion. You don't want to take a blind risk. You want to take a calculated risk. Well, like if you're like, if you've got a gift that can be packaged up and put online, then everything's learnable. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, if unless you don't believe that ever, that everything's learnable, you shouldn't start an online business. But if you believe, like, I can learn copywriting. I can learn how to close. I can learn how to persuade. I can learn how to influence. I can learn how to communicate. I can learn how to create content. If you believe all those are learnable skills, it's just going to take time. Yeah. All right. So I got the mastermind wizard here, right? Like, and and not only you're, again, you're teaching others. So we have our own masterminds inside of Kingdom Capitalist. I mentioned this to you before the Mm show. Um, And it is specifically geared for the real estate investing community. So those who are faith driven, really trying to build a business around real estate investing, um, more so of us. Cool, by the way, that is yeah, so so dude, cool. It's awesome, man. We have, and we already. I mean, we have our first cohort. We launched twelve members. We're kind of doing like a cohort model every quarter, 
And um, it's awesome, man. I mean, we have over $2 billion in our management, collectively speaking, inside of our community. Deals are happening. It's fun, man. It's really, really fun. Um, so, and all these guys love the Lord. But um, the, the, probably the hardest thing, Vince, again, this is, um, is going to help everybody because we're going to learn from you, but you're really going to help me too <laughs> right now as well. Yeah, I think right. the hardest thing, and maybe this is hard for a lot of your folks, is like, where do you... Um, the hardest thing is generating leads early on, right? Like enough qualified leads, um, especially something as niche as faith-based real estate investors. And so I like, that's maybe the first thing I'd like to ask you is first, like how do you grow that audience or that network to really kind of have enough leads coming in? I just would love to hear how you're coaching your students in that. Um, that, That would really help me and hopefully help others who are listening as well. All right, well, I'll give you a framework. So we all know, Who's the head of every family? Most of the time it's the dad. Okay. Who's really? God is the head of. of I sure maybe this oh, is. Oh, I see what you're saying. Wife. Yeah. Typically it's the, the wife who's really running the show, right? <laughs> yeah. You can't have a family without mom, right? Right. Yeah. hundred percent. So, so we have to first establish mom. And mom, just like mom's the head of the family, well, mom is also the foundation of every business. And mom stands for marketplace, offer, message, and method. So mom, M-O-M-M. So I'll, I'll just, you want me to just kind of run you down these first three things? Yeah. So before we can talk about the method of attracting, converting, and delivering to your dream clients, we have to nail these first three things. So your marketplace is who you want to talk to. Who do you want to talk to? I talk to online fitness coaches, experts, and influencers who want to scale to six or seven figures. That's who I'm talking to. When I had my muscle building business, I was talking to beginner skinny guys who wanted to gain their first 30 to 40 pounds of muscle. Did you hear that keyword in there? First. So I knew who I was talking to. So the first part of attracting more leads is to know who you want to talk to. Now, what's kind of tricky about this is sometimes when you're first starting, you don't know who you're talking to. And the analogy that we use in our, in our, our coaching program is that you're going to start dating different people. Um, but you can't date multiple people at once. Not only is that not biblical, but it's just not smart. <laughs> right? so, so if you think about it, in my world, a lot of our students don't know, do I want to market to men or to females? Well, spend some time marketing to men and see what the response is. Spend some time marketing to females and see what the response is. Spend some time marketing to females that want to lose weight some, some spend some time marketing to men who want to gain muscle. So you're kind of dating different niches, if you will. So the first thing is to get real clear on who you're talking to. And you got to get real clear, you know, if it was real estate, like you specialize in condos, you know, rebuilds, uh, you specialize in wealth proper, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know all the lingo, but what's your specialty? If I'm looking for a con- luxury condo, if I'm looking for a suburban home, like you've got to first know who are you speaking to because 70% of marketing is just knowing who's on the other side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So get hyper targeted. And this is the problem. Most people are like, I'm a real estate agent. Like what kind of real estate agent? 
who, 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 for specifically who? In Toronto downtown or in Etobicoke suburbs, right? So when you can say, when you can speak to just that one person, then people now will say, oh, you're talking to me. So the hardest thing about attracting leads is people don't even know that you're speaking to them. So you got to get hyper-focused on speaking to one person. And everyone's heard the saying, if you speak to everybody, you speak to nobody. So that's the first thing on mom. The second part is offer. You have to have an irresistible offer. I'm Italian, so we call it a mafia offer. Like uh, Vito Don Corleone says, I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. <laughs> right? you gotta, so one of the reasons that people can't attract leads is because they don't have an attractive offer who here is going to go out with somebody who's unattractive, right? So if your offer isn't attractive, there's no reason for people to follow your work or engage with your work. So we need a very attractive offer. So one of the things that I say is we're going to help you scale to seven figures without paid ads. Cause that's what I did. I actually never used paid advertising. I'm going to help you scale to seven figures without kicking your family to the curb in the process that calls people out. I'm going to help you build a seven figure business without abandoning your faith. Right? So my offer, I've got a, I have an attractive offer. So that's the next thing. What's your offer? Like what are your, and the offer is your promise. It's not so much like your widget. It's not so much like your deliverables. Like, you know, maybe that's a component of it. Like, you know, if you think about some of the best offers of all time, you know, you think of Domino's pizza 30 minutes or it's free. Mm. That was a freaking good offer. <laughs> what was the next best offer of all time? You remember, uh, um, you remember the offer where it was like, get 11 CDs for one penny. No. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so I'm a little older than you, all right. but um, maybe some of our older listeners will yeah. know that, you know, back in the day, Columbia house had this offer for, for one penny, you could get 11 DVDs uh, sent to your house or CDs back then 11 CDs sent to your house. Like the best offer of all time, mm. 11 CDs for one penny. But then there was a subscription after that, right? So what's your offer, mm. right? What, who's got the best offer? FedEx, overnight or it's free. Yeah. I, I don't know, or it's your guaranteed 24-hour delivery. Like that's a good offer. So if you're not attracting leads, you don't have a good offer. That's good. So that's, I like, I like that distinguishing promises your, or your offer really is your promise. Not necessarily the deliverable, but it is the, here's the future reward for, for what you're going to get. That's good. Exactly. What's your promise? That's good. What, what, what's your promise? So let's move on to messaging. So your messaging is your, your points of differentiation. How is what you do better? So if all the real estate agents out there, sure, you're Christian. I get it. I'm Christian too. I want to work with a believer. But at the end of the day, let's also be honest. I want to sell my house at the best rate. I want to sell it in 30 days right? I want to get the best terms, etc. How are you going to help me do that? What's your secret sauce? So your messaging is how you communicate your value and how you communicate your value is by, there's a whole obviously framework around this. We call it the triangle of pain <clears throat> and you have to identify the three problems that the client doesn't know that they have. And then you got to introduce to them the pyramid of progress, which are your three solutions, right? So um, 
this is just kind of figuring out like your IP, your intellectual property. Like you have to be able to communicate. Here's the problem. Here's the solution. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is how we do things differently mm-hmm. because I've already worked. I've already worked with a real estate agent that promised me that they could get it done in 60 days and they did not I'm not doing this again. Right. So how are you going to do things differently? Well, we staged the house. We put 50 grand into it. And if you don't get it, it comes out of our pocket. I, I don't know. I just, yeah. Well, to... so, I mean, so ours is more like, and, and I guess this is my question for you, Vince is like, um, we're more of an ecosystem of community, probably even forming a marketplace in some ways for investors. So not on the agency side, right? These are guys who are building a business on the investing side. So they are typically raising money, finding deals, putting deals together, you know, ha- making that happen. So, so what, the, what's the biggest perk? What's the your- biggest perk is the ecosystem is the opportunity to be able to partner with other investors inside of our community to do more deals, raise more capital. It really is the connection piece. And then also the opportunity to be around like-minded individuals. So guys who are faith driven, you can have those conversations about your faith, wealth, those type of things. Yeah. So like your position, you know, one of your things is like your one-stop shop for, um, you know, one-stop shop for, you know, partnering, you know, profitable partnerships with purposeful men, you know, I don't know, you come come up with your big message. Like that's, so what's this thing all about? Well, it's your one-stop shop for partnering with, you know, you can do a little wordsmithing and stuff in there, but you have something that is different than what everybody else has got. So not only are you going to get these profitable deals, but you're going to do it with purposeful men, you know, purpose driven men and say, Oh, that's what I want. Because every time I go into business with these guys, you don't have the same value system. I get scammed or I get sucked or something falls through. And it's like, ah, it doesn't happen here. So it's like trust based partnerships with, you know, purpose driven men. So I think what you want to do is you want to kind of encapsulate your big promise in just one sizzle scent, you know, it's kind yeah. of a sizzle statement kind of thing. So in, right. in my world, it'd be twice the muscle in half the time. You want that. Boom. I get it. I get it. I got it. You know, twice the muscle in half the time. Boom. Got it. So I think that would be the first thing with your messaging. And then, you know, you want to, you want to build out your messaging around like what's, so what are the problems if I'm not a part of this group? One, you're not going to be with honest businessmen, you know, two, uh, you know, you just got to, I don't know, what are the three problems that these guys complain about? Why aren't they doing business with other businesses? What you should do is ask your 12 members, why did you join this group? And they will tell you the three things that they struggled with outside of this ecosystem that this group has solved. And that becomes your messaging. The more clear you can get at communicating that messaging within, you know, wherever your medium is, or you're going to attract your ideal client. That's excellent. That's excellent. And then the last part is method. Yeah. So method is how do you, what's your, you know, mousetrap if you will. So how do you attract people? So for us, is it Instagram? Like for you, one of yours is going to be the podcast, mm-hmm. right? There's going to be probably other people. If I share this out, you know, and I will definitely don't worry. I share this, you know, on my, on my page, there's going to be, I'm sure some other Christian real estate agents who investors, <laughs> I'm sorry, real estate um, yeah, investors who reach out to Ellis and say, uh-huh. Hey man, I just listened to the podcast. I'd love to hear more about what you do. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you've communicated 
your you know value proposition, if you will. And there's a lot of perceived value with what you just said. If I'm a Christian investor and I've just come off a bad deal and I'm in San Diego too, I'm going to, I'm going to hit you up. Yeah. So one of your ways of attracting clients is going to be to identify who has your clients. And, you know, Russell Brunson, I actually got a copy of his new book, Traffic Secrets. It hasn't even come out yet. Ah, man, send it to me. That's what I want. (laughs) It's my only copy. I uh, met Russell (laughs) and Dean Graziosi. They were at uh, Joel Marion's house. I was living with him for the month and they stopped by for two hours for uh, the Born Impact podcast. So I got to hang out with him. It was amazing. Uh, That's cool. But, you know, if you you, um, hire Russell Brunson, he charges $100,000 for one day. And the secret that he will teach you in the first 30 minutes of a, of a one day, you know, VIP day with him, whatever, is the same thing he teaches in this book, Traffic Secrets. And it's something I learned many years ago as well it's to identify your dream 100. Mm. So how do you attract clients? You know, what I would do if I were you, Ellis, is I'd, be, I'd make a list of like 100 people who have your clients. And it would be everyone from like pastors. You know, if you think about, imagine you just started, you know, bringing pastors onto your show and the pastors started sharing your show with their followers, their, their um, attendees, you know, church members, all that. How many more people are going to start coming into your world? You start interviewing business coaches, Christian, non-Christian, you know, I would start with other Christian business coaches. How many more people I've got your customers. So if you kind of think about it, let's say you're looking for a hundred members for your mastermind. What's going to be easier? You trying to go out and finding those 100 by yourself or connecting with 10 business coaches who, let's just say, all have a thousand of your ideal clients each. And you converted, say, 10% of each of them into members. Right. Now you only need to build relationships with 10 people. Right. So you build the relationships. The whole premises of Dream 100 is for you to spend your time building relationships, genuine relationships with people who have your customers. And when you do that, all of a sudden you're going to attract everybody else because, oh, cool. Um, those guys are buddies. Okay, I trust Ellis. I trust Vince. Okay, those guys are friends. Okay, yeah, I, might, I could go check out his stuff. So you got to get vetted. Yeah, that's good. The Dream 100, that's massive. I am familiar, and I need to, to double down on that. But this idea of, of creating strategic partnerships, and I hope that's that's incredibly helpful, Vince, for me. And I, I think for a lot of our listeners, I hope that's true. Like, this applies not just online business or whatever, but this can apply across, I mean, any yeah. industry, finding your Dream 100, those who already serve your clients, creating strategic partnerships, being able to leverage one another. That's excellent. That's it. And that's going to that's gonna produce more ROI and to be honest, aside from the ROI, who do you want to do business with? Your friends or non-friends? I want to do business with my friends. Mm-hmm. So why in the world would you not put all your time into building genuine relationships? And that's a part of the reason I have a mastermind because, you know, I'll be truthfully honest, like having three young kids, I don't have a lot of time for, you know, extra relationships, if you will. You know, I have a hard enough time staying in contact with, with my own family members, but by having a mastermind, you know, I'm able to invite guys to, Hey, come hang out with us for three days. You know, I get us, I get a, you know, build relationships through the traveling, through the events. And that is essentially where I am able to plant seeds. And, 
and uh, have more impact and have more reach. So um, the biggest ROI you'll ever see on any activity in business is growing genuine, authentic, strategic partnerships. Um, and just letting, you know, business will naturally come from it. And you start with that right intention and yeah, things, it's pretty cool. How things sort of just, you know, people are going to say, yeah, you got to check out Ellis. He's got this great mastermind. If you're an investor, they're all Christian guys. Yeah. He just was on his podcast and she messaged him. He's a really awesome guy. He'll have me, have me on his show and a great host, very, very humble, uh, very prepared for the show. Very professional. Yeah. You should definitely connect with him. You're like, boom, there's, I don't know. I don't Who knows? If you're going to one or two members want to rise from this one show, but, but this is the right activity for you to do, to, to connect with others who have your customers. That is by far, you know, the number one activity to grow your following and to attract more leads. Um, because you know, some people so you do paid ads, you know, then you got to deal with now you're marketing people who don't even know you. Right. Um, just folks, most, a lot of content. Well, now you got to get, you know, that's a lot of content. That's going to take a lot of time. This is the crown jewel. Yeah, no, that's so, this is, this is awesome, man. Well, um, let me ask you this last question. Cause I mean, I want to ask you this now, cause I've, you've been, you've been rocking it the whole show. We'll, we'll end with this or we'll, we'll end with kind of how people can get in touch with you too, but you're wearing a, a, a sweatshirt that has 100 M on it. And I know what that means. Cause I, follow a lot of these guys that, that also rock this sweatshirt. That's a pretty expensive mastermind that you're a part of uh, that you've invested a lot of money to be, be into. So I would like to just hear why masterminds have been significant for your business and why you, maybe you can, you can share how much that mastermind costs or not, but um, why, why you're in that and why that's been important for you. Yeah. Man, I don't know what other guys are doing with their coaching programs. I, what I know is that, we have over a hundred people fly out three times a year from seven different countries to get in a room around other thriving business owners. Is everyone thriving? No. Some are just trying to, you know, get the fire started. You know, they're saying like, they're just trying to get that first spark. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's like going to the gym. If you're working out at the YMCA, how big are you going to get? The dumbbells go up to 50 pounds, (laughs) 75 pounds. If you're lucky. So you're going to outgrow the gym, right? You're going to eventually have to go to a gym. If you're trying to, you know, do a 500 pound deadlift, 315 uh, bench press and a, you know, whatever, 400 pound squat, eventually you're going to have to go to a gym where there's bigger guys or else who's pushing you. I'm going to challenge everybody listening right now. Who is truly pushing you back home? you know, and, and if you're, if you, if you raised your hand, you're very blessed. You know, if you have somebody who's saying, Hey, go join that mastermind. But very few people have just, you know, members in their home that are encouraging them to get into environments where they're going to get pushed. And it makes sense in the gym. Everyone just quickly understood. Yeah. If you want to get bigger, you can't, you can't work out at the YMCA. You got to go to powerhouse. You got to go to downtown powerhouse in Tampa where all the guys are jacked and all the girls are like ripped you know it's like you got to change gyms you got to change environments so the first reason i joined masterminds uh first it was just for knowledge just just to kind of go way back to the beginning it was just the game because i didn't know what i was doing so it was just to buy knowledge and then i started realizing that i'm getting knowledge but i'm also getting speed i'm like how do you get speed 
while you find out what's working best right now because you're around other guys doing the same thing. So like, oh, don't do that. Oh, don't try that. Oh, this is what's working really well right now. So you're buying knowledge. You're buying speed. What else are you buying when you join the mastermind? You're buying relationships. You're buying access, right? You're buying proximity. And when you buy those things, you're buying, you know, possible collaborations, partner JV, you know, you know, deals, uh, introductions to others. You're buying access to people's, you know, Rolodex and Hey man, we can get you better rates over here. We use this bank. I got a great relationship. So you're buying relationships. All right. What else are you buying when you join a mastermind? You're buying accountability. Who's going to join a mastermind and stand up in front of the room and say, this is what I'm going to have done in four months in front of a room of a hundred people and then not get it done in the next four months. Mm -hmm. Who wants to come back to the next event and say, yeah, I'm still, still struggling with the same thing, right? It's like, you don't want to go back to that gym and show the guys, yeah, I'm still curling 25s. It's like, bro, what are you doing, man? Why don't you just quit? Like, you're still curling those still, you're still curling those little guys. Like, what are, you, what are you wasting your time for, man? Well, you're spending all this time here in the gym. You're not. You're still lifting the same weights. Why are you even in the group here? Why do you even bother coming to the gym here? Just go back to the YMCA. So it's like, so why would you not join a mastermind? Why, give me one reason why you wouldn't join. And the only thing that comes up is like, well, it costs money. It doesn't cost you money. It costs you money to stay home because you're not buying knowledge. Mm. You're not buying speed. You're not buying relationships. You're not buying accountability. And lastly, you're not buying environment and the environment that's actually going to push you. So why did I spend a hundred grand on this mastermind? Well, I need to get pushed. You know, I joined this mastermind and I'm sitting beside a guy that's spending $300,000 a day on Facebook ads. When I look at what I'm spending, I'm like, whoa, guys, we got to step it up over here. Hey, we're playing too small. And you, you, your mind gets altered. So you think differently, you act differently. That's mm -hmm. why I joined the masterminds, to think different, to act different, and to get pushed. Because who's pushing you back home? So when you stay at home, you don't get pushed. You don't, you're not forced to level up. You're not, there's no consequence to not hitting your deadlines. There's nothing at stake. So by not being a part of a good quality mastermind, you're not saving money. You're losing money. You're getting left behind because you don't know what's working right now. All right. You're not building relationships and you're competing against these people that are. How do you intend? So you're saving a couple thousand bucks by not going to a mastermind. You're, you're, you're losing opportunities. The opportunities you're losing are going to be way more costly than what you perceive to be saving. So it's really just the shift in mindset and, you know, and, and realizing that, well, I don't have the money. I'm going to do it later. No, the reason you don't have the money yeah. is because you haven't gone to find the money to get in the room to find out why you're still not making the money. That's so you it, got, man. You got it all freaking backwards. That's so it. You so literally that, can't afford it. not to be here. That's, that's what people and have that's to not, And it's not, a, it's like, Vinny, you're pitching us now. I'm not pitching you. Uh, if it sounds like, if it sounds like I am, it's because it's true. It, it's, it's resonating for you because it's true. And, you know, I've never seen anybody scale business by themselves. 
Oh, well, it's evident you spent a hundred grand in a mastermind this year. You clearly believe in the product that you're also building. So and here's the other uh, thing. I'll, I'll, I'll be completely transparent. You know, I learned a lot of good stuff the last event, but what happens is you like, it was very experiential and I got what I needed, but I expected to get a little bit more in terms of like some, like I was expecting a more actual masterminding. It was very experiential. It was awesome. They took the feedback and I know they're going to improve on the next one with that component. Cause that was, that was one of the common threads of feedback, more masterminding, less experience. We spent the night with Mark Wahlberg. We, we spent the afternoon uh, driving race cars at the uh, Porsche center with NBA all stars and magic Johnson was there. And uh, you know, a whole bunch of people, um, Chris, uh, the Kardashian mom. And uh, there was a whole ton of people. I forget everybody. Um, so when you invest that kind of money, here's what happens. You're forced to figure out how to go make an ROI. You go into that room with the mind frame of how do I maximize this investment? And when I join a mastermind, I always look to get 10 back, 10 X my return. So if the mastermind is too cheap, I don't join it because I'm like, this isn't even very incentivizing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> your mastermind's only what <laughs> that's too cheap why would yeah. i join that like it's not even going to mm -hmm. push me but oh wow okay now i'm gonna have to take even bigger action so a mastermind is not an expense it's a profit center and when you start to see what this is going to cause you and not cost you you're just going to figure out how to pay for the thing in full because you're going to act differently and now you actually have a reason to make it a return on your investment. And in the process, you're going to gain, you know, if you figure out how to make a hundred grand back from customer acquisition, those customers are going to produce far more than a hundred grand over the next two, three years. You're now profitable. You have produced a return on your investment. All right. You're now ahead. You're now growing, right? You're now building, you're now reaching. All right. You're now seeing what you're truly capable of. All right. And, uh, it's a process, but that's how you discover your potential through process. And sometimes process is painful and yeah. that's what, that's what everybody needs to swallow right now. If you want to experience your potential, you're going to have to go through a process. Paying a hundred grand was painful. I'm not going to lie. It was like, wow, this is a lot of money for me. It was a lot. Of, it was like, we, I could leave this in the house and keep paying down the house faster. I could hire two full-time videographers. You know, there was a lot of other places I could put that money, but I saw this as an opportunity to get pushed and to really just elevate, 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 and uh, like live, you know, swallow my own words. What do I have to lose? I love it. The quote of the day. Why are you still curling those little guys? <laughs> Except in your Italian accent, man. That was amazing. Um, brother, I am so grateful for you, man. This was so much fun and so, so helpful. Um, who, I guess the question is, um, how to best get a hold of you and maybe who, you know, who should be reaching out to you, man? It's like, who are you really trying to help kind of in this next season? How can they get a hold of you? Yeah. Online fitness coaches, experts, influencers, anybody who's trying to grow a successful and profitable online fitness business. And, uh, my primary platform right now is, um, our Instagram account, my Instagram account. It's my name, Vince Del Monte. You can find a just look for the blue verified account. And uh, we do have a podcast, the Vince Del Monte podcast. 
I'd say the best way to connect with me, I answer all of my DMs. It's uh, just Vince Del Monte. Yeah, perfect, man. Dude, I'm so thankful, man. Thanks so much for your time, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. Remember, if you and if you're still listening, you're probably like, "Wow, that was the best 60 minutes of my life." Um, screenshot this, go share it on your Instagram. Go share, you know, tag and make sure you tag Vince uh, as well, um, and, and, and give him a shout out for for this time. So we'll see you next week. Thanks again. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this show today. If you want to learn more about our community, you're going to want to visit us at kingdomcapitalist.co. There you can find info on our private mastermind and even subscribe to our newsletter to get updates on new shows. And last but not least, land opportunities to get private trainings and coaching calls with the guest of this show. If you're enjoying this show, please take a minute to leave us a five-star review and also share this with a friend. We'll see you next time.